I don't have an intro. For the first time, Justin, I don't have an intro. This is the podcast. Oh, is, this You're, is the uh, intro. I, it, it wasn't until I it was. You got know it, what I mean? Until I started it. saying it. Yeah. Um. So, like, what's up, man? Uh. Well, I, <laughs> not you know, not not much. Just living my best summer life. Uh, I d- yeah. I did uh, see Thor, Love and Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. The thunder, thunder from down under. Um, but I don't want to mm. talk about that. I want to talk about Thor the Dark World. Have you seen that movie recently? Uh, I've actually only seen it one time in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, scratch that twice. Okay. I've seen it twice. Okay. Uh, it's often talked about with a lot of disrespect. People say it's the worst Marvel movie. And I don't think that's true. I'm not here to rewrite. I'm not saying it's a great movie that I want to watch all the time. Right. It's just, in my opinion, not the worst Marvel movie. In fact... Here's my my take. Better than Thor 1. I would say I think more stuff happens. I think they develop it better. I think tonally it's consistent. It's not like funny or like amusing or, again, a very good movie. But like... It- I mean, it's truly debating like... the Like, it's doesn't matter. Because right. it's not like <laughs> talking about like, oh, no, this one is great. It's just like... I, I think they have more of a character for Thor. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Because they like he's already been in you know he was in Avengers and like Loki is like a, a more developed character as well. Yeah. Um, I, it, it like I'm trying to think like going back through like because a while ago my fiance and I started like trying to rewatch all of them. For me rewatching, she hasn't watched a lot of them. Like she still doesn't know about the snap yet. Oh really? I know. I'm like that's gonna get spoiled at one point. You would think there'd be a TikTok or something that would I go guess. through that. But like, what a great moment that will be, yeah. right? Oh yeah, that'll be great. Because I just I remember being in the theaters and being like, "Whoa, they went there!" Yep. Like I did not think that was going to happen. The only the unfortunate thing is that she'll have like um the, we'll watch the next movie immediately. Mm. It won't. It be, doesn't have to like wait. Yeah, yeah, we won't do it. But anyway, so we're watching through them, and I gotta admit, some of those early ones are pretty rough to get through. Like they're they're like old MCU or old Thor, old MCU. Sure. Like, they're just not great. And I would even go so far as to say that there are some really good moments in the original Avengers movie, but it's really not a great movie. It's tough to go back to. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that, like, of course I will always like because it's, like, when I watch it, it, like, just brings me back to being there and being like, oh, my gosh, yeah. they're doing it. Right? Um, but it's the kind of thing where, like, I watch it, like, sort of like you with Elena and I was like trying to explain to her like well you okay so like the context for this is like this had never happened before and this was crazy like we were all so excited for this um and the fact that it was like we like walked out of the theaters being like can't believe they did it yeah (laughs) like like that that had every reason to be terrible to just be like way too cluttered with all these characters and stuff but like not bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am more, like, interested in what the long-term plan for Marvel is going to be. And if it's still going to be able to, like, keep people. Because I keep hearing more and more people who are really, like, in it, complaining about it. Yes. People are, like, off, like a lot of people are talking about, like, well, we don't know where we're going um, with, like, this, like, fourth phase. Because I believe uh, since uh, Love and Thunder <laughs> came out, we're fifty over 55 hours into phase four Holy which moly. is like that's crazy which is is more than any of the like all of the other th- three that came before it like combined uh just because of all the like the shows and everything and i don't necessarily care that there's like something like 
a point to it all in the same way that like Thanos was like the point of everything else. Uh, but I just care that they're like really good and entertaining and like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like a negative guy or like a contrarian or anything, but like, I've just found them to be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like Spider-Man. I like Shang-Chi. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's great movies. I just think like, even if you're looking back to the Thanos stuff, they obviously tease that back in the first Avengers, right? That was the first time they mentioned Thanos. Yeah. But like it, that was such a slow burn and that really didn't become a thing until the Infinity like, War, right? Yeah. Like I, I mean, mean we, yeah. That's when he became involved and it was like I get I guess you're like collecting Infinity Stones and stuff like that, but they're doing that with the multiverse. Like this next phase is about the multiverse and that's what yeah. like they're clearly like more so than not, they're hitting the multiverse with a lot of these movies nowadays. Um, so Agreed. I, I don't know. I, I, I am fine with it. I like having constant content, and I like how a lot of this content's not about me going to the theaters because I do love going to the theaters, but it seems like I cannot leave there but without spending $45. <laughs> That's true. And also, like... I don't know. Like I love I love going to a movie theater or perhaps I loved going to movie theaters, but just I think like now with the worry of being out in public all the time, it's just like hard for me to like actually relax yeah. and enjoy something. Yeah. Uh, and like I do go, you know, just cuz what else am I going to do with my life? But uh <laughs> but it, it is one of those things where it's like, "Oh, who was sitting in this before me?" Hey, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like who's this guy who I'm next to, whatever. Why is it sticky? Um, yeah, you really hate the stick, yep. right? It's really the the least. I'm gonna say it. I'm here's my opinion. I think sticky is the worst thing something can be. Thoughts? I'd say like racist would be up there. Okay, Justin. <laughs> Justin, yes, obviously, but you couldn't say like, oh, it's really racist outside. Well, I suppose you could. it's hitbox. <laughs> Welcome back to Hitbox episode 101, your center for Realist Gaming News. My name is Peter Hunspitek, and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. Justin, how's it going, man? I know we sort of just did a little catching up, but how, like, generally, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's It's been, uh, it's been uh, the part of the summer where I start to like, I know, I, I know I'm a teacher and I know I get summers off and everyone's always like, oh, that's so great for you. Get your summers off. But it's to that point where like it might as well be over now because I can't stop thinking about like, well, got to go back coming. and you got to go yeah. back soon. And like everything is about like procrastinating rather than doing what I want to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how long do you have until you're back? Uh, It's like the like the tens of May, I, not May. <laughs> Oh, you're late, man. My yeah. man. It's like the ten, the tens of August. So okay, gotcha. Um, it's like I, less than one month. Yeah, but and it's coming I, up. I prefer not to actually put the number there yet. Yeah, because I, I want it to be like surprising. Like I wake up and I'm like, oh no, I'm late. Why is my department chair calling me? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Rather than thinking too much about it, but I know it's happening soon. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you're going to be uh, 
ripped away from the laissez-faire life you've been living. Yeah. But um, to hopefully ease the pain, maybe let's talk about some video games. We're going to look, be looking at some news in just a few minutes here. Some big headlines are Bayonetta 3 has a release date. Finally, PlayStation Stars has launched to some confusion, but also excitement. And then Skate 4 is going free to play, which we will get to and more. But before we do, Justin, it's time for the Metacritic Roundup. Metacritic Roundup. So, welcome to the Metacritic Roundup. We have two games to be discussing this week. The first is Escape Academy. This launched on uh, all sorts of things. Is this on PlayStation? No, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I just know it because it's on Game Pass, and it's something It's that, on Game Pass, yeah, and which is... <laughs> oh where I'm going to play this game. So this is an, um, like an escape room style video game. Uh, this, this used to be a big thing, like back in the day, like flash games and stuff on like addicting games. Did you ever play those like escape the room or escape the car or whatever? Is that like the same like game as this, like the same like company? They just made a full game or is it like just, Oh, I imagine not. Oh, okay. Okay. Just like, I mean, that was like 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did a lot of those escape, like digital escape rooms on websites like that. It always freaked me out. Like I always felt like I was going to open a door and there was just going to be like someone standing there. <laughs> um, I think I'm, I was just a nervous kid. Yeah. Uh, I love escape rooms. I actually did one yesterday. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Got out in fifty uh, in forty nine minutes. So like any hints? Uh, three. But the second one, they gave us the wrong hint, <laughs> and then we were like. What do we do with that information? Yeah. Um, I bet. And then they were like, oh, we gave you the wrong thing. I'm so sorry. And we're like, yeah, we would have solved this a little quicker if you would. Yeah. I've been to three escape rooms and mm-hmm. one of them, uh, like we nailed it. it no, no hints. We just got through it. We had a hide at yeah. one point. It was cool. Another You'd time. Hide? That's so fun. Yeah. Like someone came in with a flashlight and we had a hide. Oh, that's so I fun. Know. It, was, it, was, it was good. It was good. Uh, another one, we were very open to the clues just because like we, we, it was with a group that wasn't like that into it. Yeah. Like we were happy to be there, but we weren't about like doing it straight up. And then yeah. the other one, we had to ask, uh, get help on a clue because it was the quarry level of bullshit with what oh, they sure. wanted us to do. And there was like no yeah. explanation for it. And it was clearly us just not being able to do the thing, understanding the thing, not that we like, like we knew what to do. We just didn't know how to do it. It was like a lock. Like we've never seen this lock before. We didn't know sure, how to sure. work it. And we're like, what do we do? So, but so, I love uh, escape Elena, rooms. Elena and I went with someone who this was their second escape room. And he was like, yeah, like, I don't really know. Like, I don't want to slow you guys down. And so my advice to anyone who is doing escape rooms that's feeling like, yeah, you know, like, I just don't want to like, I just worry like I'm not going to be good at it is this. You will know when you can solve every single puzzle. Like if you feel like you don't have all the information needed to solve a puzzle, you just can't do it. But if you, um, but if you are like, okay, like, Oh, I can sort of figure this out. Like you can do it. I, so escape academy. I, 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 I thought you were gonna say the, the the thing to do is if you have someone like that, just don't like tie them up. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, let just, them get just in your way. Put them in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, send them on a task looking for things that don't exist. No, uh, escape room. Escape academy. Sorry, is on uh, Game Pass, which I will be playing. I meant to actually play it this week. Uh, I didn't get around to it, and um, it's got an eighty-one, which. Seems promising. Yeah, I mean, for a game like that that is on Game Pass, and I also checked it's on, like, everything. Um, yeah, okay. I don't think it's on Switch. Um, but it's on everything else. But, like, for a game like that that is getting that kind of good review, 
on Game Pass that everyone can get. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and like, I just think this is kind of like a cool puzzle game thing, and the puzzles seem to be fun to get through. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's the, that's the sort of thing that like I can just always get down with is like just solving little things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and especially because it's on Game Pass, like. I don't know. This is like a very easy go check this out for me, you know? Yeah. The one thing, the time limit might ner- make me a little bit nervous because like, again, when I like to play video games, I like to like nice, Leisure, relaxing, do it leisurely. Yeah. But hey, it's part of the escape room thing. So I'm not playing a video game. I'm playing an escape room. So I'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally. Uh, next game we have here is Eyes in the Dark, the curious case of one Victoria Bloom. Um, indie games, indie movies love doing. Oh, just here's these. the name of our character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I'm always into. So this has an 82. Uh, did the other, did that have 82? No, 81. Excuse me. Uh, so this has an 82. This is just like an indie kind of puzzle platformer. It seems it's a roguelite. Uh, or oh, is it? So I'm totally wrong. Basically, um, it's like you're a, like a little girl and you're in the darkness and you have a flashlight that you can upgrade to do different types of light damage to different enemies and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it it looks like a fun little game. It's just been reviewing pretty well. Uh, because I still think an 80 is a good score for a video game, friends. Heck, a 70 is a good score for a video game. Yeah. Um, heck, if you have fun with a video game, it can be uh, 20 and it's fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just a little rogue, roguelike platformy puzzle game out there for you. And this is uh, on PC only. Yeah, PC only. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, using light as a um, using light as a like a weapon. Like, weapon sounds very much like that medium no one's game. touched that since the medium come on please right? stop no uh since since alan wake man uh they, they kind of did that in control but not really but um i think that is a mechanic that is like i think alan wake introduced it and i will agree with you here that like it's it wasn't perfect but it was the kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is interesting. I would love to see what other people do with this. And then no one has touched it. Yeah, I so. think I think the thing that makes that combat, like, if it was with a more modern combat system in Alan Wake, I think that could be a pretty cool mechanic. It just feels a little bit dated, like how like yeah. you get the swarms of enemies and stuff like that. And I think we talked on that review, like, if they only used light as the weapon, not actual guns, I think that yeah, would have right. been a bold, cool choice. But the second yeah. you get a gun, it's just like, all right, take their shields down, then shoot them with a gun. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, the light is my weapon, the pencil, my sword, and I do need a pump action shotgun <laughs> too. Like, don't, I do need that. Um, yeah, uh, one more thing. Sorry, this isn't a video game, but the Resident Evil TV show, the Netflix one, uh, is out and does have a Metacritic score, and it has a 53. Oh. Um, I have seen a lot of people saying that this is just quite bad i mean the scores range i mean on there's it got three 80s uh one from the telegraph one from the guardian one from decider um but a lot of a lot of people just really don't like this thing uh i can't say i haven't seen it i watched resident evil welcome to raccoon city and that was uh really bad so i don't know how that fares against this but is that like different characters and different stuff it's not like a continuation of that movie this yeah uh no i think this is not this isn't like a sequel or anything to that boy it's just they're they're new resident evil they're really going early uh dceu kind of stuff with this right they just Just like throwing everything at the wall yeah gotta work (laughs) yeah um 
Yeah, so there you go, Resident Evil. So that is our Metacritic Roundup. Uh, uh, coming out this week, though, we do have Stray, which is going to be on... Uh, it's going to be free for subscribers of PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, as well as... Uh, I think it's just a PlayStation exclusive, though. Uh, and I think... I imagine PC? Probably. But That's what they tend to do yeah. with things, uh, with, like, the console-exclusive stuff. Um, but Stray is coming out, which I imagine we'll probably be talking about next week. I don't know if you're planning on picking it up. Um, I don't have playstation plus extra or premium so i probably will just have to buy it but uh, if i've got the time we'll do it and then um also on july 19th which is tuesday uh we got as dusk falls which is the story driven um kind of artsy looking xbox game i think that's an xbox console exclusive uh it's on pc and everything it'll be on game pass too uh so look forward to that justin I can tell you about As Dusk Fall, As Dusk Falls, excuse me, because I've been playing it for review. And oh. by the time this episode goes live, uh, review embargo will be up. In fact, the game will be out. I think both As Dusk Fall and Stray comes out same day, sa- same day that, and that comes out the day before, like yesterday on Hitbox Day. Right, it comes out Tuesday. If you're listening to this on Hitbox Day, also known as Wednesday, yeah. they've sort of been trying to like rename it Wednesday or something like that. <laughs> um, like whatever uh, if you've been listening to this on uh wednesday yes it is out on tuesday so the day before hitbox day which is the 20th but um yeah so as dusk falls this is a game i've been playing i played through it twice or sorry i played through it once in a half one and a half times it's a story driven game it's like an until dawn it's like a the quarry or detroit become human or shuddering life is strange true colors i jest um it is. It really leans into its story, though, in a way that is a little bit different because there's like really no gameplay to it. Uh, you are either choosing what you're saying or you are looking at a static image of a room and uh, like sweeping for things to interact with. And then you just cut to like a little cutscene of your character doing something. Uh, but unlike the other games in the like the sort of uh, interactive narrative genre of video game, it's not like fully 3D rendered. Uh, it's all done in like still paintings uh, where like characters will move around, but when they move, they like fade into another drawing of the character doing something. Uh, and it is quite good. So gripping even. So yeah. what makes this different or stand out from another story based game? Uh, okay. So two things, Ooh, a few things. First of all, the, the art styles is just really unique. Uh, I think I actually kind of prefer it to something like the quarry or whatever david cage is working on uh, <laughs> uh because because it doesn't go for like a a totally realistic face uh and because you're not like fo- like tracking the face facial movements and stuff uh you don't have to worry about it dipping into like the uncanny valley stuff because you're just looking at a painting and so like as we talked about with the quarry like the quarry looks great in screenshots but when you like see it moving some of the characters are like oh like that doesn't look like natural. Uh, whereas this completely like gets around that because it's just not, it doesn't have to worry about that at all. Um, and then also this game does something that I think a lot of these games struggle to do. And it is that your choices actually really matter. Um, at the end of each chapter, there's six chapters Uh, You get one of those, they did this in Detroit, where at the end of the chapter, you see, like, all of the different paths you could have taken. And, like, in the beginning, it's not 
very it, it doesn't sprawl very much towards the end uh, of each chapter but after you get to about the halfway mark of the game like it really starts to go in some different directions which i think is really cool uh and so like with something like the quarry or or detroit or heavy rain or something like that i feel like the times when you're actually knowing that you're making like meaningful decisions and like also seeing the impacts of those decisions uh, i i think it's pretty much relegated to just a small handful of times when things like actually really matter. Whereas in this, it's just like constantly going off and off and off. Um, and I was wondering when I did my first playthrough of like, well, is it actually doing that? Like, cause it's saying that it's like, Oh, this choice mattered. And like, Oh, here's the result of that earlier choice and stuff like that. But, um, sometimes it's like the game will tell you that, but it doesn't actually like really do that. It's just making you <laughs> feel like you did that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, whereas with this on the second playthrough, I've been choosing like the exact opposite stuff. And while a lot of the story beats are the same because it's a video game and has to be like limited to the writing of it. Um, it has been way different in terms of like how the situations play out. And like, I had some characters just totally beef it. Um, like at times that were completely different than other times. Um, it is good stuff. So what is the the elevator pitch for the story of this? So it sounds like interesting like choices, but what's the actual story? So the year is 1998. Ah, that's a great year. Wonderful year. I was one year old. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so basically it is um, about a hostage situation that has gone wrong. Um and that is the first three chapters. And then the second three chapters is dealing with the aftermath of that situation. Uh, the, the, it has a truly excellent f- like first half. Basically, you are navigating this hostage situation. You play as a guy named Vince, who is a dad. He's there with his wife uh, and his daughter. He is moving from California to St. Louis. Uh, so they're driving instead of flying. Uh, they're driving like through the country and they're there with his his dad as well uh and they go to this like hotel and at the hotel like no one's there um uh, uh, save for a few people and then these three boys um come into the hotel and stick the place up and are like we need we're gonna be staying here until the cops dip until until we stop being chased uh, and then the cops end up showing up and it becomes a hostage situation. So you play as Vince trying to navigate getting everyone out safely, including your daughter, your father and your wife. And then also um, the perspective switches and you play the youngest brother of the three brothers who are doing the hostage situation. Uh, and he is someone who does not want to be there, really. Like he doesn't want to be participating in it. He's not it doesn't seem to come across as like a violent person. The other two brothers like have guns and he doesn't. Um and so basically the whole premise is that they were trying to rob the sheriff's house um, for some money. That's unclear why they needed it. But then you find out later uh, why. And then it just all went south. And so they end up sort of putting themselves in this terrible position and then just trying to negotiate their way out. So then you play as him also trying to like defuse the situation while trying not to go to jail for the rest of your life and all this sort of stuff. That sounds really interesting. And you said you've beaten the game already and you're going with a second playthrough. Yep, so I beat it once. Uh, I got an ending that, like, I liked, but it didn't feel super fleshed out. And I imagine that's just because there are a lot of different endings. And because they, like, because it could go so many different ways, like, they didn't necessarily want to 
it's hard to make one feel like the definitive ending to a story that could have like nine endings. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so I didn't love the ending I got. Mm, I liked the ending I got. It just did. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, there, I have so many more questions <laughs> about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on the second time, I've gotten through the first three chapters, which is when uh, after chapter three, uh, things shift again from being the hostage situation to being on the run. And then you mainly play then as the the youngest brother. Um, and then you sort of jump to perspectives to a handful of different people. How, how long um, how long did a playthrough take? Six hours. Okay. So it's like an hour per chapter. So that, I mean, um, that feels pretty good then for like something to replay. It's not like it's overwhelming because like I was thinking of doing the quarry again, but I was like, that's not a little investment. That's a that's a massive yeah. investment. A uh, super massive investment. If you will. <laughs> and, and I do. got him. Got him. Love it. Uh, but also what's really cool about this is because you see that path at the very end, uh, what you can do is you can jump into a handful of different points throughout the story mm. and just make a completely different choice. Um, and because and, you have different options where you can explore a path mm-hmm. where basically it doesn't overwrite your save. And like you can just go back to where you just were uh, and, and choose something else. And again, it doesn't overwrite your save. So you can just sort of like um, see what the other options were. Um, or you can like find a new path and that just starts you somewhere and then you're completely changing the save and all that sort of stuff. But um, it's good stuff. Also, what I think sets it apart from something like the quarry is um, while it's never explicitly stated, I feel like the objective of the quarry or like until dawn or um, something like that is to make sure that like all the characters survive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like, at least in my opinion, like the that's way how that... I play it. Right. Like unless there's something right. I really hate that I don't mind cutting their hand off exactly truly uh i like at the beginning he's like this is like evil dead and it's like "Ah!" (laughs) um my brother made a fun little edit of like him saying that and then like literally just cut to his hand being chainsawed off that's so funny (laughs) yeah uh but then so but so like to me that's always the goal but for something like this that's a little bit more like the goal is unclear uh so it ends up turning into much more uh, the goal is unclear like obviously you want to like try and get out of the hostage situation alive and everything but because you're sort of playing on both sides like there's not one narrative at least in my opinion that is like the intended route at least it felt like that to me uh so it felt a lot a lot more like when a character died it never felt like oh i made a bad choice it felt like oh that made sense in the story and unlike things like Until Dawn or the Quarry or whatever, uh, when a character dies in As Dusk Falls, like that is a core part of the story now. Uh, whereas when that happens in like Until Dawn, people don't get really like broken up about it for very long because like the nature of the game being like stitched together is like no one has you have to write a scene and the scene has to work whether or not that character is there. You know, so people can't be like sad about stuff that happens all the time. But like for me, I had a death that was like, wow, that was really powerful. Um, and I was expecting it to just never be mentioned again, but like it informed back. like the rest of it. And then on the second playthrough, that character did not die. Um, and, and it was just like a completely different little bit. So it's really cool. I am enjoying it immensely. Um, overall, do you like it yeah. better than the quarry? Yes. It, like mm-hmm. <laughs> It's tough. I love like the genre that the quarry is doing this is like if you like fargo or if you like 
crime stories like this is like the way to go and it's like set to like a lot of like americana songs so you have the it's not the johnny cash version but it's like you can go on for a long time you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh it is it is one of those things that's that's really great um some good voice talent in there too you got uh, the guy who played alex jensen from the deus ex games um and then you got celine in from returnal is the mom of the boys oh that's fantastic of the the hostage takers yeah yeah i was looking so uh, this is made by um the studio interior night um the first game first game and it's uh one of the creative directors or the creative director caroline marshall uh Mm -hmm. actually came from quantic dream and worked on heavy rain and beyond two souls oh there you go i mean this feels like if someone (laughs) that makes a lot of sense because this feels like someone looked at how those games worked and went like, that's a really cool idea. Let's do this. Like, let's learn from that instead of, I feel like a lot of quantic dream, like just gets lucky on being better in certain areas. <laughs> yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, by yeah. that? Like it doesn't feel like they actually like assess like how we can do this better. They just said, let's do this again. And just like happen to get lucky about like, Oh, we had better writing and yeah. like better technology and whatever. Um, yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. This is, if you like this sort of game, if you like, you know, uh, uh, not Stranger Things. What's the game about playing guitar? Life is Strange. In Life is Strange, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you like Life is Strange, if you like The Quarry, if you like Heavy Rain or, or Detroit Become Human, anything like that, check this out. This is really good. And it's on Game Pass. Ooh, what are you doing? Do it. Do it. Um, so I haven't previewed a game that's coming out, but I've prepared myself to preview a game that's coming out, which is Stray. And I did that by, in fact, purchasing uh, the PlayStation Plus premium tier. Oh, nice. How's that? So it's really easy if you you go to your PlayStation um, and you look at the PlayStation Plus. They make it really easy to see the upgrade path that you have to get to uh, premium or extra. Because I had my essential transferred over. And there was like mm-hmm. a button that said you can get PlayStation Extra for an additional this much for the rest of the year, for the rest of your contract, or you can get the uh, premium for this much more. And I think for like 26 extra dollars above my current price, I was able to get 116 days of premium. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like really easy to like look at how much you know I was actually going to spend on this and like what the conversion rate was. Um, and I decided to do premium just because I figured it was like $10 different from the extra one. It looked like, yeah. and I was like, I'll try it out. I'll see like what, what the actual difference is. I wanted to try some of the, the streaming. And I also wanted to try the, uh, classic games to kind of like fill, uh, my, uh, ba- backlog history of stuff. And so far my experience with it is pretty good. Um, the streaming stuff works actually very, very well. Uh, with a slight caveat, the I played, jeez, uh, what did I play on there? I played um, both Spider Mans. I streamed, hmm. I streamed a little bit of Watch Dogs, um, and I streamed Doom. Um, I wanted to try like a bunch of different like gameplay styles, yeah. and I didn't have a single issue with any of them in terms of like the actual like stream uh, performance. Um, quality, it's hard for me to say if it looked better or worse. Um, I didn't feel like it was better, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it was running pretty well. Um, the problem that I ran into, 
uh, is just some of the under the surface confusion stuff. So I went to play Miles Morales uh, for what we're going to be talking about in the post show today, and uh, I Patreon exclusive by the way Patreon exclusive post show. So you should uh, hear more about why. Patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Go on. Yeah. So um, so I was playing that and I couldn't get my save to the game. And they have like an X, they have like the cloud save and then they have the streaming storage save. And you can transfer the cloud save to the streaming save or you can download the streaming save. So you it should be able to like carry over. But the problem was the streaming version for Miles Morales was the PS4 version, not the PS5 version. And I'd play the PS5 mm. version, so I couldn't get my save over. Um, so That's irritating. It, and it wasn't clear that that was the case. Like, when you go to play the streaming games, it says PS4, PS5. So I was assuming you could switch. And I even, like, there's, like, two icons on my screen that were for PS4 and PS5. But in both situations, when I went to stream them, it went to the PS4 version. So I don't know if that's an oversight, but it wasn't that easy to get my saves over. Uh, that being said, I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, and that save had my save already there without even like doing anything with like a cloud save or anything. It was already the one that I was playing and I was able to stream it. Um, oh, nice. So, so it, it's not as seamless. The one thing that I can say about specifically Xbox is how effortless it is to yeah. go from your PC to your console to streaming without any issues about like worrying if this is going to save over. It's linked pretty strongly. Sony, not surprisingly, a few extra steps that you have to take with it in order to make sure it works well. Um, but I think the game lineup is actually pretty good. Specifically, if you were someone like for me, I get all the benefits of getting the PS5 upgrades for like Final Fantasy VII and for Death Stranding without actually having yeah. to buy those games again. Um, oh, sure, yeah. So it's nice that I can like kind of like with a little bit extra per month go back and play some of those new games with like the new graphics and stuff. Um, and like the new story content without having to like pay for it. So it kind of makes it worth it. Um, and they do have some really good games on there. The problem is I own most of the base games of them, like Returnal's on there, which is awesome to have. Assassin's Creed Valhalla's on there. I believe they're coming out this month with all the other Assassin's Creed or some of the other Assassin's Creed games on there. Um, so like they're definitely um, good games. Yeah, so in July, they're adding to plus extra and premium um stray marvel's avengers so even less of an excuse not to play that story um <laughs> final fantasy 7 remake integrate assassin's creed unity assassin's creed black flag uh assassin's creed road remastered assassin's creed freedom cry the Ezio collection saints row uh four reelected saints row get out of hell spirit of the north enhanced edition ice age scratch nutty adventure Jumanji the video game, Paw Patrol on a roll, and Ready, Set, Heroes are the games that are being added to the extra and premium tier. Um, not sure Same. if those are streaming or not, but like, there's definitely like a value to it. And it's really, yeah. and I, I hate to say this because I'm at a place where I can afford it, at like double the cost of just the essential, I, it's hard to say it's not worth it to get some of this stuff. And if a game like Stray is going to be on there, if they can keep getting these like, you know, third-party exclusives on there i i think it becomes worth it and so far everything i i've i played with it really is uh working well on it so um overall i think it's an okay service uh the one thing that they're gonna have to get over is the marketing behind it and i would assume at this point 
um, most casual fans aren't going to know any difference about it. It's only going to be the real hardcore people that remember the marketing snafus of this. Totally, totally. And it's it's interesting to hear, too, that you said, like, while it was, like, archaic to, like, have to figure out, oh, I'm playing the PS4 version versus PS5 version, it is interesting that it was, at least from the way you said, seems a lot more seamless to actually get into like being able to upgrade and, and what. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like even my, I, it, that's a very specific problem I had with the save thing because I own the PS five version of miles Morales too. Yeah. And I played it on there. So I could just download that, but the whole thing was, I was testing out the streaming. Um, and I wanted to get around, uh, like the city as quick as I could. Um, so I had to play through that first story beat again, but hey, it's still fun. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. Um, are you ready to talk about some news? Let's do it. Incredible. Justin. Breaking news, Justin. Bayonetta 3, <laughs> your most anticipated game of the year, uh, finally has a release date. Bayonetta 3 is coming to the Nintendo Switch exclusively on October 28th, 2022. So we got, you know, three months here until that happens. But this was a surprise to me. This was basically just announced pretty much randomly I, I mean um this is the sort of thing that you would have anticipated would be in in a nintendo direct like this is like a this is like a closing announcement for like a nintendo direct at least in my opinion um and paired with what we're going to talk about in a minute here with kirby like i'm surprised that there wasn't a bigger announcement for this or that this wasn't a, a part of their like third party partner direct but bayonet 3 it's coming to switch finally after so much radio silence. <laughs> I know. It's a lot of this is weird and I'm not like upset with this, right? Because no. like y y like I like a direct, obviously. I like the I like to have like some kind of conference, but like if the reason they're not going to put that in there is cuz they can't lock in the date when they want to get this other stuff out there, I think that's fine. And I mean, I don't think this got any less coverage than it would have if it was in a direct, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people Agreed. covered this appropriately and they did it. I think the problem that I can see for something being dropped like this is it's, as we said before, one of the best parts about a direct that has a big game in it is that it gives a platform for some of these games that we might not have heard about, uh, to yeah. get known and reported on and things like that. Whereas if they drop something like, you know, I'm, top of my head project triangle strategy right like if that's just a, a headline i don't think that's going to get enough mainstream focus as something like if it was paired with a bigger direct that had something else a big announcement on it um that's just my I, my personal feeling on it but again i don't think you need to have a big moment and you don't need to force something in there like a bayonetta 3 announcement into a direct if it's going to I don't know, make your marketing situation for what a direct is problematic or if yeah. the date could change and you're not confident to, to get it in there. So, hey, a game like Bayonetta is popular enough with enough people that you don't need to market something other than this is when it's coming out. I mean, Sony did the same thing with God of War, right? Yeah, just randomly, just like, hey, here it is. Right, and uh, again, I don't think any of those things hurt. In fact, God of War with those uh, collector's editions, they like sold out within like five minutes. It was um, so like fast, yeah. Like, it was just like that. Um, so, uh, Did you get one? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the thing. I, like, the, the problem for me is that with, with these pre-orders, like, I feel like I don't have enough time to think about if I want them or not before they just sell out instantly and are being scalped on eBay for $500 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like I don't know like when I think about it like eh, it could be kind of cool ultimately like I don't need it but it, it's one of those things where I was like yeah that could be kind of fun uh, and it's just not gonna happen. yeah I'm like 
with with things like that, like a collected, like the 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 Milner was awesome, but like yeah. I don't know if I have like that I don't like display things like that. He says with a Pokemon card behind him and a Furby, but like I don't like have like a collection of those like yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't know if uh Mjolnir is the first thing I want to add like start off with that, you know what I mean? No, yeah. No, I'm gonna probably but, love that's the, the thing. It's just like it's just like do you just want like I don't know some Norse dice on your shelf and it's like I don't God of War. Do you th- <laughs> like do you think for Bayonetta they'll have like a core set in their special edition? Probably. Um although like her outfit is like corsetless. I, I don't know. I I am a big fan of the style in in this Bayonetta 3 trailer. I've never played any of the other ones. Um I am probably going to play this. I know we were talking a little bit before the show. You don't you probably won't, right? I mean it's just not your game. I I, I this this is not a full price purchase for for Justin Matkovich. It's not something yeah. that I'm going to spend a full price thing in October when there's a million other things that are going to be on the horizon. Um, yep. I'm not going to pay play this game. Um, part of that is just because it's not like a genre that I'm I'm for to begin with. But I really did not like Bayonetta one. Um, yeah, strongly so. I felt like the story didn't make any sense. Uh, the combat is not very fun for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. if the moment-to-moment gameplay is not great and there's no story to make me keep going with it, I, I just don't see a reason for it. I think yeah. I think what people like about this series is like the style that you're talking about. And if you like the the, the action and stuff that you saw in the trailer, I think you'll, you'll probably like the game. If you like action games, I mean, this is an action game. This is, uh, mm-hmm. if you were talking Platinum Games, type of you know this is a platinum games game like they're they're gonna give you a good action game yes but um i don't know just not not my thing maybe if i could give gifts to people um and watch them drink tea i'd like it better but i i know what you mean uh well don't worry man if you're into that uh i think persona 5 is launching on switch like the week before this <laughs> so i think it'll be okay also near near automata will be as well um yeah i mean i mean i just think this looks great um I, again i have not played any of the other games in the series but uh i don't know after after watching the trailer like because this had gameplay in it the first one that we saw what was that last summer was just you know a cinematic i think whereas this one had a, at least a more bigger focus on um on the actual gameplay and i am all about it what i mean do, do you have like a platinum yeah, game that you're like that you like 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 what 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 near automata oh yeah it is That's the one <laughs> so I think my problem with um, my problem with Bayonetta is like the whole time I'm playing it, I don't know what's happening. And I feel like I'm just getting through the combat rather than like mastering yeah, yeah. it. And again, that could be on me, but I'm just not excited personally for this game. However, if you're excited about this game. You should be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want my like negativity to like bring people down for this because this is a beloved series. Agreed. Um, well, if you're worried about playing this on a TV uh, and having anyone walk in on you, <laughs> um, the lovely devs at Platinum Games uh, 
wanted to reassure you in a tweet uh so back when this was announced a few days ago uh you know they, they had the initial tweet with like the trailer and saying bandit of three is coming on october 28th check it out uh following up with that they said relax the witch is back and sexier than ever uh we've added the revolutionary naive angel mode to bayonetta 3 so that people can fully enjoy it by turning it on you can play right in the living room without having to worry about what's on screen we think and then a little emoji uh, and so basically um with the mode on uh you can disable some of like the partial nudity stuff about because like her hair is like her clothes and her powers i think i've not played it so i don't really know um yeah but like it comes off and and like covers her body in a way that's a little revealing uh and then there's also like enemies that have maybe more revealing outfits and stuff like that uh and so by having this mode on you can just avoid that altogether uh, which I think is kind of nice because some people just can't <laughs> don't want to have to explain. No, like I know I really like the combat in the game. <laughs> like, you know, um, uh, yeah. So, so there you go. Bayonetta three looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, what are your personal feelings about it? Like, uh, like a th- mode like this. I think that just makes it more accessible to people who maybe live at home. <laughs> like, I, like I think, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people being like up in arms about it, and I think that's foolish and silly. Like, you don't have to use it, the mode, if you don't want to. If you just want to look at this woman's legs, you can do that. Um, or if you just feel more comfortable not having to engage with that, you can also just not engage with that. Like, I think that's a perfectly fine thing to include. And, and, and in fact, a good thing to include. I mean, I think my first, like, my reaction to this is like why why isn't this just like the mode like why does it have to have the other stuff in it and i know that's like what people i guess what people like about bayonetta some people like about it but like i don't know i I don't think you need that in a video game do you uh so i don't have the context of playing the bayonetta game so i can't really say sexualization in general but like yeah yeah uh but i mean i don't know i think if that's your artistic vision like i don't think it's necessarily wrong you know what i mean especially because i mean i think it gets a little sketchier when it comes to a lot of like let me say like more anime stuff where like the uh women tend to be younger let's say um that's when i think it's like we don't need this yeah uh but for something like this where bayonetta is like to my understanding not a 16 year old girl like she's like a woman you know what i mean like an adult uh, i don't necessarily take any umbrage with that um but again i also haven't played it so i don't really have the context to totally speak on that specifically well because i just even like think about like things like in my platinum run for near automata you had a, a, a yeah. achievement when you had to like look up her skirt <laughs> no totally i think that's all it's always just like can we not yeah. we have to do that uh, there's uh, we haven't we didn't talk about it last week, but they announced that they're doing a remake of Lollipop Chainsaw. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is a game. I actually I have not played it, um, but to my understanding, that is a uh, about as horny a game you can get. Um, and it seems like some of that stuff maybe didn't age very well <laughs> because I think she's a high schooler, uh, which just is uh, bad. I'll say it bad. Uh, so when remaking something like that, I think you have to take a look at like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't include this sort of stuff. And it seems as if they've said, yeah, this is, it's not going to be exact remake. You know what I mean? It's not like 
moment for moment exactly the same so it seems like they'll be cutting some of that stuff out which i think is good and and to your point like <clears throat> yeah cut that unnecessary stuff out that sexualizes as opposed to um uh, that like objectifies as opposed to empowers which i think is a uh tricky line to walk but to my understanding at least with the way that people talk about bayonetta it seems to be more on the empowerment side as opposed to objectification but i am not dying on that hill <laughs> for all of you uh people worried about uh lollipop chainsaw uh the plot literally reads on juliet starling the main character on her 18th birthday she goes to the oh, front good. so the whole thing just happens on her 18th birthday Finally. so um don't don't worry <laughs> i'll say this still bad <laughs> it, it's it that that reads to me a little bit like one of the people who like well technically it's like mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, there you go bayonetta also coming to the switch kirby's dream buffet uh this is a four player like racer kind of fall guys looking game it's like a multiplayer party game where you um like race through an obstacle course by basically just rolling around as a different colored kirby um which i think is very cute and very fun um it, i guess it's it's for kirby's 30th anniversary huh just like that's why there's so much kirby content this year uh this looks cute uh i don't know if it's do we know if it's uh costs anything I don't know. I, I mean, don't. this is like one of those announcements. As as much as I'll, I'll say, good job, Nintendo, for just waiting on Bayonetta 3 until you're ready. This Kirby's Dream Buffet literally wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Like, they had the trailer that has maybe gameplay some in it, maybe, Seems if like that. It, yeah. Like a second. But, like, I don't know. I feel like this needed a little bit more content for me to get excited on it. It just looks like it's it's like a... Like a lot of things are comparing it to like, oh, this is kind of like a Fall Guys sort of uh, where it's not like necessarily like a racer that you need to be like super competitive about, but more just like, OK, with like, OK, well, when you bump into something or someone, you're going to sort of go flying and whatever. Um, this is cute. I would uh, like it if it was free. I think that is going to be really one of those factors of if i'm going to buy if i'm going to play this is if this is free i wonder but. if this will be like an expansion pack uh edition or something like that or if it'll be under on their lines of nintendo online like mario yeah yeah mario yeah. whatever the battle royale mario game whatever that was or something like that mario 35 wasn't it yeah or? whatever something like that or like the, yeah. the tetris thing too um yeah so maybe who knows but yeah i, I think it's cute like i said i think this should not cost very much money. If this is like $60, like I might skip it, but I, I wouldn't be a surprised. Who loves Kirby. So <laughs> I also might just have to buy it there. Oh man, Justin, let's talk. We were talking about PlayStation uh, plus premium and extra and essential and all that before. Let's talk just for a moment about PlayStation stars. This is a new initiative launched by the company. Uh, it is a loyalty program that celebrate that quote celebrates you and your gaming journey with us that is playstation not us hitbox although we're happy to celebrate um your gaming journey on hitbox 
the Discord server, as so many people have, and by so many people, I mean a few, written seven-word reviews, such as uh, Dave Parker's Persona 5 review, which is, the cat says to go to sleep. Um, anyway, back to PlayStation Stars. Uh, right off the top, you can earn digital stuff just by playing games. This is not NFTs, as they have sort of doubled down on saying a few different places. So basically, uh, members who have signed up for PlayStation Stars will be able to uh, earn rewards by completing a handful of different things. So like monthly uh, activities, uh, which some of them are just like check-ins by just go play a PlayStation game. Um, Or other things like winning specific trophies in a certain amount of time. Um, It says here, earn, uh, even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. That's really uh, unique. And and I think that's kind of a fun way to gamify trophies even more. Uh, And then, so you'll earn points from, from doing all that stuff. And that can be things like um, uh, PSN points. So you can, you know, get a discount on a game or if you save up enough, like depending on how expensive the game is and how many points you have, you can, um, get free games and, and things like that should you have enough points and then you can also get some of these digital collectibles uh, again as they've said not nfts these are things like um digital figurines which i think is kind of an interesting idea but it's uh, as not well as an like, nft though it's not not an just NFT. to be clear guys not an yes. NFT. Uh, as well as things like uh comic books um it says cherished devices that taps into Sony's history of innovation. Now I played Astrobot's World. I already have What's those. that game? Astro's Playroom. What? Yes, where like when you unlock all those things in the Gotcha Machine, like I thought that was a lot of fun to go through and look at that. Uh, so I'm curious if that's like something along the lines of what they're referring to, but um, I don't know. I think this is kind of cool. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, I I wish it was just one of those like you're automatically opted into it. Uh, type of situations yeah uh, with your seems odd that you have to sign up yeah but, but maybe it, that's uh, you know there are archaic backward systems maybe they have to do that for whatever reason but uh, i love these i mean on xbox that you get the 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 weekly and monthly rewards and stuff Challenges I, is and that stuff, yeah. is that through game pass or is that just for being a microsoft yeah it's a game pass thing i think and, and i just think that's like something like not that i always take advantage of it but it's just something to have and something to check in and like the it feels like you're accomplishing something it's like that that free to play model of of a, of a game that you just go in there to check the updates and stuff and like you get that um i also like nintendo how they have the coins that you get with the games that you can use yeah, to yeah. uh buy other games or like get you know like discounts yeah and discounts stuff. and stuff so i mean i think this is i'm glad that they're doing this this is clearly just something uh an added value for probably nothing um so i'm I'm okay with this so more ways to celebrate celebrate playstation um and people don't seem to be upset about this on the internet which is rare for sony yeah i mean like i'm surprised that this isn't doesn't make you like link an account that you need to have since like 2009 or something like that like i'm surprised that it's just like hey sign up for this by with your email um yeah uh agreed i i don't know i think this is kind of cool i am uh, interested to see like what this means to me this is like a no-brainer thing to sign up for just because it seems like you don't have to pay anything or, or anything like that um i mean because to me like the digital collectible thing like yeah that's kind of cool but for me like yeah if i could get some loyalty points and you know get a discount on a game or so i, I think that's kind of cool yeah justin goldeneye oh. 007 oh oh yeah that game 
Uh, there's like a remake in the works that isn't the GoldenEye remake that they did make that was based on the Daniel Craig one ones. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, what was yeah, that yeah. called? It was like Reloaded or something like yeah, that. Yep. Um, so the remake for like OG GoldenEye that isn't like a Call of Duty type thing uh, has a por- uh, reportedly been in limbo due to the war in Ukraine. This is an article from Eurogamer by one Victoria Kennedy uh, titled... <laughs> Okay, GoldenEye to, uh, 007 remake reportedly in limbo due to war in Ukraine. Um, maybe I was reading it before. Okay, maybe I How just read that. How dare you prepare for the show? Yeah, excuse God. me. You can find a link to this article in the description of our podcast. Uh, and it reads this. Rumors of GoldenEye 007 remake have swirled for uh, for some time, though we'll likely have to wait a little longer to see the game announced. The ongoing event, uh, effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine have left the project's announcement in limbo. Venture Beats' Jeff Grubb has said, writing on Twitter, that GoldenEye is still in limbo because of the war. Um, Eurogamer also understands this to be accurate. We have contacted Microsoft for further comment. Um, so there you go. I, I you know, Jeff Grubb just tweeted this and there isn't like, so basically someone texted at him, uh, sorry, tweeted at him saying, um, where's one verse 100 in GoldenEye? I need it. And then he basically responded by saying, it's in limbo because of the war. Uh, I guess I don't know what that means specifically for this game. Uh, but, you know, obviously, as we talked about with, there was that one game from the Summer Games Fest that uh, had been delayed because of the, the war as well as uh, Stalker 2. I think was also delayed because of of that as well. Um, it's always sad to hear that. I mean, just in general, that people are affected like that. But um, there you go. So it's it's not coming for a minute yet. It seems. Yeah, I mean, I I I know you haven't played N sixty four frequently, right? That was that's not your history. No, um, I mean, I played it after the fact, but. And did you like it after the fact? <laughs> I mean, I liked going to do like Zelda, like Ocarina of Time. Oh, and, okay. I thought and you meant uh, 007, Goldeneye. Oh, no, never touched yeah. it. Um, I imagine I would not get a lot out of it I'm just gonna in say, the year 2022 for the first time. Yeah, because it doesn't really control like the shooters we're aware of. <laughs> like, yeah. there's an odd control scheme and everything. I, I, have to, I personally don't have the fondness for this game that other people do. Um, I wonder, though, like, when this comes out, is it going to be a big deal? And I know it's going to be a big deal because, you know, it's 007 Goldeneye, people talk about it. But is it going to be, like, one of those things that people play for hours and hours and hours? Like, th- this this might be a nice way to play that game. But, like, I, I just don't see it having legs to a point mm-hmm. where it's going to live up to what everyone thinks it is. I know what you mean, and I probably agree with you. Uh, it's, it's similar to, like, oh, I don't know, um, like, Back for Blood. Although that was a different case. Uh, I mean, I just remember playing Left 4 Dead for hours and hours and hours with my friends. And then basically the same game came out and I was like, nah. Yeah. I don't know if that's because of Black for like the changes in Back for Blood. But um, yeah, I would say that you're probably on the money there with, with this. But I, I Hey, hope it's good. I hope it's a 10 out of 10. I hope it's the best game ever. I hope that... Um, you know, the people are who are working on this are are safe and um yeah. you know oh, of course. doing well Above with all, all else, that. right? But yeah, but yeah. um yeah. I, I, I this this will come out, hopefully it'll be on Game Pass, I'll check it out, but I'm not like excited, excited for it anyway. So take your time. Yep. Agreed. Justin, so we've been hearing about the Skate 4. Have you played any of the other skate games? Mm, no, the most I ever put into a skateboarding game was Skatebird. Yeah, 
And it's a bad game. That's not a great game. So I think that it's tells you game. everything you need to know about yeah. Skate 4 and me. Uh, yeah, so Skate 4, uh, we've been sort of teased about it for the past, I don't know, like year and a half maybe. Maybe that's too long. It seems like a, a while. Um, but it is officially just called Skate, but it's like kind of stylized so that it's like lowercase like all skate and then a period at the end um it's like period it's all you need it's all you ever need at least they didn't go like yeah, I skate. Think that's kind of fun at least they didn't go like skate infinite or something stupid yeah that'd be dumb yeah uh because it's also going to be free to play oh and have cross play cross progression all that sort of stuff um i've seen some backlash against that uh i would say like Mm. It's the sort of thing where it's like, listen, y'all. Skate is made by EA. And while studios in EA, like studios owned by EA or make games for EA, have the potential to make something great. See your Apex Legends. See, like, Jedi Fallen Order. It takes two. All sorts of stuff. Like, there is great stuff that can come out of EA, especially over the past few years. It maybe just might not be a very good company, y'all. <laughs> I don't mean I, like I'm just gonna gently say like what? I think maybe the publisher's not very good. Um, but I don't know. Like if it is able to keep to the promises that it has been made, and the promises are no pay to win, uh, no areas of the map are gonna be locked behind the paywall. Uh, there's no paid like gameplay advantages or things like that, and there's no like paid loot boxes stuff like that. I think then it's just a free to play skate game. <laughs> you know, like, I, I guess I don't know, like, is that bad? Is that truly bad? I guess the idea would be, like, to just play it alone, right? Because that's what a lot of s skating games are about. But um, I don't know. I think this sounds, like, fine. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think, um, and, like, those bullet points you laid out, like, those are what the, the developers said that um, – they had, uh, this is according to an article on IGN by Adam Bankers called Skate Force, officially called Skate, and it will be free to play and have cross-play and cross-progression. Um, the article talks about how Full Circle explained a bit more about the free-to-play mode uh, model Skate uh, will implement, saying the team laid down hard ground rules when designing how it will look in regards to microtransactions. The four rules were what you read before. So this seems like something to me that even if EA was like, you're making this free-to-play if you want to do this, it seems like the company behind it is very like, well, if we do that, this is what we're going to do. So this is probably a lot more like the model of... Um, Rocket League or um, uh, Overwatch or yeah. um, uh, Fortnite, in which the cosmetics are the things that you pay for, which is fine. I mean, if pe people will pay money to be Homer Simpson skateboarding with uh, Spider-Man, like if that's the, the thing yeah, that they I can do, that. do. And I'm sure EA has a ton of properties that they can have like good things and good uh, uh, things to make this something that uh, people will want to play. Was it Skate or was it Tony Hawk? Any of the any of the Tony Hawk games that let you play as Darth Maul? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have to look up that, but like, hey, that's pretty fun though, isn't it? Also, I think um, Skate Three maybe let you play as Isaac Clarke from Dead Space. That's pretty cool, <laughs> which yeah. makes sense because he's from EA. Yeah, right? I mean, any um, of the EA properties that are out there, I'm sure that would be like fun. <laughs> I mean, you could probably get some of the characters from Jedi Fallen Order in there, um, like Dead Space, It Takes Two. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that could be fun. Uh, it was in, uh, I'll probably not touch this, but... It was in Tony Hawk that Darth Maul was in. Gotcha, um, And I gotcha. found this article on Hard Drive 
uh, called We Interviewed Skateboarding Legend Darth Maul um, by Kyle Erf. So I'm sure that'd be a fun yes. one to read. I, ima- <laughs> I imagine it is. I-, I think the hard drive is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're quite funny fellows they get over it. there. They get it. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I'm probably not going to touch this, but um, I know about it now. <laughs> and that's the important thing. And so do you, dear listener. Justin, let's talk about Elden Ring. Um, again, if we can. It's a good game. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's probably one of the best of the year. I would say it's probably one of From Software's best games. I, and uh, what's that? I was going to say, you're, you're right about that. I still don't think this will be in my top ten list because I am, I am a sad, sad man. No, I think I, I don't think that's like sad. I think that that's just like preference and taste, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the same way that I don't know, like I, th- I just think it's possible to not like a game but also be able to recognize like, but it is a, a well-made game. Well, I put forty hours into it. It's got to be okay. I mean, I'd say so. Um... Well, according to one Matt Piscatella from NPD, from the NPD group, uh, which tracks things like statistics and sales of all sorts of things um, of like the video game industry, uh, it is selling quite well. Uh, he initially tweeted that it is among the top 10 best selling games in the United States of all time. Uh, he then rescinded that um Statement basically saying that uh, because the ranked charts do not include the full history for all titles and all platforms across both physical and digital sales, this note was worded too definitively for what is an incomplete comparable universe. I apologize for lack of clarity in that note. So basically he's saying like, I said this definitively. It is not quite that definitive and clear. It is, however, selling really well. (laughs) Um, What do you think? Does that surprise you? No, I don't think so. I think, I mean, maybe to a certain point, because it seems like from my, me being plugged in, it seems like a lot less people are talking about Elden Ring. Um, Like there was a time when I could not go anywhere without seeing videos pop up on, you know, TikTok or social media or whatever about people playing Elden Ring and doing stuff. Um, It's still probably like clearly doing pretty well uh, to to be the top selling game in, in June. Uh, and then, uh, you know, having really good success and everything. So I think this is great because uh, I would not have said From Software was like a mainstream AAA studio type of budget studio before this. But now that they have a game like this, they have a lot more money. And we already talked about them investing in multiple different games, having more creative directors on board. Like this is going to this is going to make From Software to the, uh, one of the biggest and best, um, and people might argue that they already were one of the biggest and best, but I think much more mainstream biggest and best, and I think that's, that's fantastic. Thing, right? Like, they have always had a cult following. Yeah. And with each new game, right, each one sells better and better as more people are talking about it and whatever. Um, but I, I feel like they've always sort of sat in a more niche um, space, whereas on Friday, I was talking to some people that I didn't know very well. And one of them was like, yeah, this guy put 80 hours into Elden Ring and he's just getting to the fire giant boss. And I was like, that is very interesting that it's just some random guy. You know what I mean? Who like, it seems probably might, I'm, I, I didn't know him quite well. So it's hard for me to say, but it's like the fact that this is just a regular talking point that you don't have to be like, do you know what Elden Ring is? Like, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, and I, and I totally agree. Like, yeah, I, I think that the success of this, I mean, just puts more eyes on that company, which means that people are more and more interested in wanting to be uh, in seeing what they do next. And it sort of kind of guarantees that they are going to do something next. You know what I mean? Maybe not Elden Ring 2, maybe not, you know, a sequel to anything else they've done or whatever. Because I think they said also Dark Souls is done. Um, but it means that it, the, the success of Elden Ring has shown people, hey, this kind of game can sell well. And the fact that it isn't, you know, a, a mainstream, um, super approachable game genre doesn't mean that it can't be extraordinarily successful. Yeah, I, I think this is this is really interesting, really great. Um, so I was looking about this, right? I was I was first trying to find the specific numbers and whatever. And I think as of May, didn't they say it was like thirteen million sold or something like that, or like? Um, I can't. Oh, I, I mean, have that it, in front of me, but let me it, look. It's a lie. Yeah. I think last time they they gave official numbers, it was over thirteen million sold. So yes, I was you're correct. I was thinking it had to be like you know like one of like the the best sellers on the internet most talked about on the internet so i found an article um from video games chronicle titled uh well i don't want to read the title yet but it's an article um by chris uh, scullion who talks about the the two video games that were tweeted about the most this year can you guess how many two video games the two that have been tweeted about the most this year i'm going to like okay so I'll help you out a little bit here because it's kind of a leading question because it's hard. First of all, um, they didn't come out this year. Second of yeah. all, we've talked about both of them on a podcast before. Okay, so one of them is obviously Roblox. Incorrect. Oh, okay. Um, they're, they're, I, mean, I mean, I could just like rattle off just like yeah, yeah. Apex. No. Um, Fortnite. No. Call of Duty, whatever the uh, live service one is. No. Fall Guys. No. Mm. Your mom probably played this. Candy Crush? No. I feel like that's a mom game. Pokemon Go? No. What the hell? I, um. All right, I'll give you one of them. And yeah. Wordle. Oh, y yes, okay. Yeah. Wordle, 100%. Um, but the number one game. Oh, that's interesting that that's not the number one right. because Wordle had a tweet function in it, and that's the thing that's that that, that this makes this m the most shocking for me. Genshin like Minecraft Impact, Genshin Impact, the yeah, number okay. one talked about game. Uh, Apex Legends, like you mentioned, was six. Elden Ring was number seven. Um, uh, Valorant was nine. A couple other ones like Final Fantasy was number four, but that's such a cheat cheat one because it's like a million different games for Final Fantasy yeah. or whatever. Uh, but I just found that to be very interesting that uh, Wordle, very mainstream, was still beaten by Genshin Impact. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, man. Like mobile gaming in the United States is big, but it is like a small p in a bowl of, I guess, larger peas. This got away from me a little bit. <laughs> when it comes to, like, overseas, you know what I mean? Like, particularly, like, in Asia. Yeah. Like, it, cause, because I think, like, you know, when you're playing games on the go, like, you're on the train or whatever, like, your phone is what you're going to grab. Yep. Right? And, 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 I mean, it is expensive to have a nice, you know, a, a smartphone and also a gaming console which needs a TV or a monitor or whatever, right? So, yeah, that... that Makes sense to me. It's not the first thing I would think of just when I'm thinking of like, yeah, like, yeah, the most popular games. But yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And uh, so last year, Genshin Impact, same time period, was still number one. 
Number two is Apex Legends. So that's is that when they came out on mobile last year, first half? Apex? Yeah. No, Apex came out like two months ago on mobile. Oh, okay. Well, there, there goes that one. Maybe it came out on Switch. It did. Okay, yeah. So that's, that's probably like, why. Yeah, like a year ago in like May or March. So that probably boosted it. But yeah, they said the, the top three countries, Japan's number one for tweeting about games. United States is number two. South Korea is third. So, well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I think that just about does it for the news. So, Justin, let's get into the games that we've been playing. What do you say? Let's do it. Do you have much to say about Fire Emblem? I know you're still playing. Have you beaten it? No, I'm going to. Um, I've definitely slowed down to a place of where I enjoy it much more that I'm just playing like a battle a day rather than playing two three hours a day <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a really healthy way to play these kind of games because I definitely see how they can wear on you if you don't but I still want to argue and say that this game um, is not the most repetitive Musou type of game ever I think the way they set up the main story battles the way they set up the character progression they may it's very easy to not get sick of the combat that I feel you would in other games um, yeah. So it, it it's again I, I this game is definitely up there for for one of my game of the years. Um, but it's it's fun. I love it. You should play it. I I mean like eventually I probably will in like five years I'm gonna be like Justin. <laughs> Justin is so good. Uh, just you know when I finally get around to actually playing Fire Emblem Three uh, Houses. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I mean. I think comparisons to Persona 5 Strikers might be a little misguided, um, but I was surprised like when people were like disappointed that Persona 5 Strikers was a Musou game, and I guess I was included in that just because I would prefer more of the style of game that I prefer, uh, but I was surprised that it was like, oh, this is actually like a substantial game and isn't just battles all the time, which is, I think, where games like Hyrule Warriors sort of went wrong, um, and I think even the other fire emblem yeah the Musa fire, game yeah, fire emblem wrong. was that awakening or whatever or fire warriors whatever it was but couldn't tell yeah. you um, um yeah, yeah and i think um the the thing i would have played persona strikers i mean i have it it's was on P- ps plus it's just like i don't want to like play it till i play the story it's just like the first hour of Persona 5 Strikers is like, whoa, that's the ending, huh? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, don't touch this unless you've finished that game. Yeah. Wow. And, and the good thing yeah. about this one, it, it, you don't need to play right. anything else. It's like it's it's like uh, uh, fan fiction, but that's really what all of Fire Emblem Three Houses and, and uh, Awake, this is. It's like very much every story is like fan fiction, which is kind of cool. So sure. everything matters, yet nothing matters, but it's all great. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I've been uh, making my way through Neon White uh, because of my life has been busy uh, and then also having to play as Dusk Falls. Uh, I have not had a whole lot of time to devote to this. I've still been chunking, chunking my way through it. It's a good game. That yeah. is a good game. It's it's the kind of thing that like I will be playing until like 1230 at night, just like one more level. Okay, well, now I got to get the gift in this level. <laughs> and I got to get I got to like platinum the level. Yeah. And it's like, well. That was only four minutes, so one more level, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like um, three hours pass, and all of a sudden it's like three in the morning. You're like, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say though, like I talked about, how the story was like nothing to write home about necessarily. It does get more interesting. I think it's just you have to pay your anime trope tax to get in the door. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, which, like, I don't, 
I personally don't mind, uh, especially because it means that, oh, it does get to be a little bit more interesting. But the problem with that is I know that that's probably something that is going to turn people off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. I've also been playing for the first time ever. Thank you to PS Plus Premium. Uh, Jack and Dexter. Have you ever played Jack and Dexter before? I played Jack 2. Okay. And Jack 3. Cool, but not the first one. Uh, from what yep. I'm hearing, the, the, the uh, series doesn't shine until 2 and 3. I guess it depends on what you think Shining is. If you think being a GTA clone is Shining, then perhaps <laughs> yes. Uh, but if you think it being like a you know, mascot puzzle platformer, then perhaps it shines best and only in Jack and Dexter. Uh, so, yeah, Jack and Dexter is a platformer, character platformer, but it's very much more open world than I was expecting. Um, yeah. And, like, there's not, like, there's levels, but it's never, like you jump into a portrait and you're in another level. It's like a whole interconnected world, which kind of makes it like open world feeling. Um, yeah. And it, it's very much an old platformer in terms of a, like, yeah. there's a couple of like things that I did that I did for way too long that were way too, like, like I should not have spent that much time trying to beat this thing that I don't technically need. Cause I could just get the, the core somewhere else. Um, and there's definitely some frustrating moments I'm finding I don't know if I'm just never realized this before. Remember way back in the day when I would bitch about um, the uh, Elite Series 2 controller I have, the Xbox One, how the the Uh, X button doesn't work? Maybe I just don't press X buttons right because on my PlayStation 5 controller, I am having issues with the double jump like a motherfucker. Like, that's the one thing that is nearly ruining me playing this game is, like, the double no jump kidding. feature. Um, because it just feels like it's I, so precise, and there's so many times when I die, and then, like, <laughs> I, I, it's di- I died because it just didn't register that I pressed the button twice. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Are, I mean, like, are you able to test your controller that you're using? Because I know you tested the the... Xbox I, I, One, and you did have an issue with that, didn't you? Well, it was it was probably just an input thing. I mean, I even turned gave it back to Xbox, and they they sent me uh the fix. Like I went through two of the controllers that had the same yeah. issue, so it might just be a me thing that I'm finding out now. Um, but like I don't know, it's just that's been bothering me occasionally. And then it's like the camera. The camera's horrible. It's it goes back to that PS2. It's good for a PS2 era camera, but you yeah. only control it left and right. And it like goes the opposite way of what you'd expect it to go. So yeah. when you want to turn it, it's like almost like left and right inverted. It just not it's not what I'm used to. So there's so many times when the camera gets stuck or I press the wrong thing that I'm just swearing at myself for. Um, but that being said, I've still played it for about eight hours, um, and I'm not opposed to beating the main story. I'm not going to hundred percent this, but it is way better than I expected. And here's another controversial thing. I'm enjoying this way more than Mario 64. <laughs> well, I think, well, I mean, I think they're just different games, right? Like, I think Mario 64 is one of those those games, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, uh, or, or maybe just you and I, you know, like, uh, not recording. So I think it's one of those games that's like, it is extraordinarily important for what it was and what it did, uh, but it... It was a stepping stone to where we are now, and it's not one of those games that maybe, unless you played it back in the day, um, you'd be able to go back to super gracefully and be like, this plays just like it did, you know. I I would say Mario 64 controls pretty well. Yeah. The camera's horrible, but that's like, again, with that that era of games, like, 
it like it feels pretty good to play whereas i'm i feel when i'm playing jack and daxter like this this shit's old but like just the exploring of everything feels much more natural for me in jack mm-hmm. and daxter than it does in mario 64 and it's, i think jack that, and daxter oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead i think it also is a pretty clear um sign of what's to come for naughty dog because like their cutscene you know while the gameplay is not a third person shooter right i mean the the next two are but uh it, it, they're not like cover base or, or close to what like uh, uh uncharted or last of us are but um i think the way that their cutscenes are handled i think are pretty spectacular in terms of like you really get a lot of um like emotion and expression out of those faces and like the script is pretty good in my memory and stuff like that yeah yeah um so again i'm i this is a good hole for me to fill in my gaming backlog and this is a great way to play it because it looks awesome i think they must be using like a a remastered version or something that they did before because it does not Mm. look like a ps2 game it's a widescreen so like it looks good and and uh yeah yeah so jack and dexter will beat that soon well dang well there you go I think that's the end of our show, isn't it? I think it might be. Justin, I want to give a very, very special shout out to both Dave Parker and Jay Null for subscribing to us on Patreon.com like Ooh. you, my dear listener, can do. Uh, go ahead and head over, head on over to hitbox. Sorry, Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. Uh, you can subscribe if you feel so inclined or you can just join us on discord. Uh, the link to our discord server is in the description of the episode, or you can follow us on Twitter at hitbox pod, whatever you want. If you listen to this episode, we want to hear from you, uh, whether you have thoughts on, I don't know, Jack and Dexter, fire emblem, three hopes, neon white, uh, Elden ring sales, skate Four, Bayonetta, PlayStation stars and anything else you heard today we'd love to hear from you uh again hitbox pod on our discord server it's weird now that we have like new avenues of like contact like i feel like i'm just gonna stop saying the email huh (laughs) (laughs) i want you to ask me how many emails we've ever received uh one uh big old goose egg i mean we have some from like setting up different accounts and whatnot but you know you know we get far more interaction on Twitter, and then now our brand new Discord server, which again, the link to that is in the description of this episode, should you feel so inclined to join us. Um, I guess, am I missing anything, Justin? Follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to us on whatever podcast player you're listening to this on. Tell a friend about the show if you liked it. I think, yeah, it's great. I, uh, yeah, um, uh, you should also just randomly sing a song of happiness and share it with someone you know it has nothing to do with our podcast but i think that's a good life motto just a song of happiness what song would you sing um probably right now uh i'd sing uh everything is awesome i love that yeah. i would sing um is it called a little birdhouse in your soul by they might be giants oh yeah that's a good one it's all it yeah. makes me happy yeah and hey anyway hopefully the listener feels happy after this episode too so Put a little birdhouse in your soul. Not to put too fine a point on it. You know, say I'm the only bee in your bonnet, Justin. 
Thanks so much for listening to Hitbox. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye.